Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Sports with Shibs podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Shibilski, a.k.a. Shibs, and let's get right into the first topic on the day. Kicking off today, uh, a little Monday review. I did get that wrong on the uh, my predictions uh, list. I thought it wasn't going to load my spreadsheet, but I did get that game run. I did have the uh, Rams winning, so that brings my total to 28 and 36 on the year, and it brings it to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. So I went 9 and, what would that be then, 7? Two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, nine and seven on the week. Not too bad. I'll definitely take nine and seven rather than a, a five and eleven like last week. Uh so a pretty good week for me. Uh I knocked down two wins uh back up, so that's not too bad. Uh twenty-eight and thirty-six. I'm actually okay with that. Um but talking a little bit about the Rams and Niners game. I did watch that full game. Uh, I was at a buddy's uh, dorm because uh, we had to do this. We have to do this project, uh, so I actually watched it in uh, my friend's dorm, and it's one of those apartment dorms. So we were all in the living room watching, and I met his roommates, and it was it was a really fun time. Uh, and the game was just dry. I thought I thought it was a very boring Monday night game. The Rams looked terrible, uh, both offense and defense. Uh, and that kind of brings me to a point where, like, it seems like Sean McVay is going really uh, – Sean McVay is not being creative right now, and it's it's a little frustrating to watch because he's such a smart coach. And usually in years past, he figures out stuff. He becomes this really smart coach. He adapts really well with his surroundings and with his team. And it's just kind of tough to uh, to figure out that he's not really doing much to benefit the team or adapt the season. It's just a little, a little odd to see that. And for the Niners, I mean, what, what do I say that Jimmy G only does and all he does is win, right? He wins games. He's probably the best game management quarterback of the modern era right now. He is so good at what he does. He All he has to do is throw check down passes, make smart passes, hand the ball off to the running back, and they're off and running. They should be totally fine. Uh, but they looked really good, I thought. Uh, so, yeah, I thought the Niners looked really good. I thought it was a really good bounce back week for Jimmy G and for the actual full team. It was just nice to see the Niners back on track, even though they did beat the Packers last year, and I was at that game. And uh, that was sad, uh, being there live, watching Jimmy G just game manage the last drive. I was uh, That was rough. Uh, moving on to my next point, uh, Kenny Pickett is slotted in as the starter over Trubisky and Rudolph. Um, did I think this was going to happen? Yes. Right, I predicted this. Uh, did I want this to happen? Uh, no. 
I do believe Pickett should have sat a little bit. Um, it's just tough for a rookie quarterback to go in there and try and perform, uh, especially in a first-year setting, new offense, and it's just it's just tough. Pickett, uh, he didn't look too bad, though. Um, granted, uh, it's that first game adrenaline. Uh, so once he gets settled in, I'm, I think he might do a little bit better. But otherwise, I thought he was doing pretty good. Uh, I just, I just don't like it when first-year quarterbacks have to start. It's just really frustrating to me. Uh, and now I want to go to this story. Um, it's more of a question that I'm going to answer. So it's, it's really a rhetorical question. Um, but I want to see what you guys think about this. Is, because I, okay, before, before I saw this on ESPN, uh, Greeny, ESPN Greeny, Mike Greenberg, uh, had this and had a little debate about it. So is big Mike, Mike McCarthy coach of the year as of right now, quite honestly, I would have to say not yet. I would argue the Eagles coach is coach of the year for the NFC first. But Mike McCarthy is right there at second. And and maybe Dan Campbell is is in the mix for like fifth, like in the top 5 just because of the sheer amount of points that the Detroit Lions are putting up. But I do not think Mike McCarthy is coach of the year yet. He looks really good. Okay, let's be honest. He has been able to adapt this season, and that's one of the biggest weaknesses that he has as a coach. Uh, He lost Dak, and he adapts to Cooper Rush, and Rush looks incredible. They've been winning games without Dak. Uh, And the way that he's using Zeke less and using a two-back system really is taking the pressure off of a lot of the Cowboys players because then they're not relying on receivers that they probably don't trust. So I would almost, I would say that McCarthy is close to being coach of the year, but not quite there yet. And it's very, it's very odd. Uh, Mike McCarthy is either seen as a coach of the year candidate or a coach that's on the hot seat. And it's it's funny because last year he was on the hot seat, and now this year he's being seen as this glorified coach of the year already, and the season just started. So it's hard to judge, but I think my first initial pick would be the Eagles head coach. I don't know his name. Uh, I'm sorry. And I'm not going to – well, I mean, I guess I could look it up. Um, I just I just think the Eagles head coach, uh, Nick Serrani, he's been doing a lot – uh, transforming Hurts into this elite quarterback. Granted, Hurts is a—it's uh, like that second year. It's like the Lamar Jackson year. Um, but I do think Hurts looks really good. Uh, they balanced the run. They were—they're actually able to put Miles Sanders in the offense and incorporate him 
Um, I drafted Miles Sanders like every year in fantasy uh, the past three years. And every every he had one big year, and then last two years he's been like a whammy. He's just been not very good. But now this year he's been turned into this solid running back. And uh, again, this is the year that I don't draft Sanders. And the Eagles defense looked really good too. So I would have to put uh, Nick Sirianni as my number one for NFC Coach of the Year. Uh, coming up, we're going to have play of the day. So now the first half of the day was football, NFL-related. So now it's only fitting with the play of the day that we transition back to an MLB-heavy second part. Uh, it's going to have the same concept. Uh, there's going to be one major question uh, at the end that I'm going to answer. So first, uh, the NL playoffs are set with the Phillies getting the spot over the Brew Crew. Um, I'm going to quickly look at uh, the teams in it. Uh, I just got an alert that the Braves uh, are the NL East uh, leaders. They're the champs of the NL East. So it looks like uh, that the Dodgers have the one seed at 110 wins, which is just incredible. Uh, the Braves clinch the two. Cardinals at the three, the Mets get the first wild card, the Padres get the second, and the Phillies uh, round it out at three. And looking at it, oh man, it's going to be hard to beat the Dodgers. It'll be tough. But if there is a team that could do it, it'll be either the Mets or the Cardinals, uh, even the Braves. Uh, I'm thinking the Padres and Phillies will have early round exits. But uh, these top four teams in the uh, National League, they're, uh, they're heavy hitters. They're all very good. It'll be tough to see who will come out there. But if I had to bet, it'd be I would say the Dodgers. And I, w- I would love to see the Cardinals make the series, even the Mets. Wouldn't it be cool to have another Subway series in the uh, World Series? I think that would be pretty cool too. So the teams that I'm looking at that I want to see in the World Series is the Cardinals and Mets, just because they're different teams. Uh, the When was the last time the Cardinals were even in the World Series? Like, ooh had to have been a while ago, like early 2010s or something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it's early 2010s. And the Mets, I don't even remember the last time they were in the series. It had to have been like the 90s, I think, when it was the Subway Series against the Yankees. I think that was the last time they were in the World Series. Um, I, I don't – actually, uh, yeah, we can talk about uh, – the American League, too. Uh, so the Astros get the one seed. The Yankees get the two. The Guardians get the three. Um, that's pretty cool. Uh, the Blue Jays get the number one wild card. The Mariners get the number two. And the Rays get the three for wild card. 
Uh, the teams that I would like to see make the series here. <sighs> let me let me start with the teams that I think have a chance. Uh, I think the Yankees. I'm gonna say the Mariners, strictly based on uh, their momentum recently. And then I'm gonna say, uh, so Yankees, Astros, and Mariners. Uh, it'd be cool to see the Blue Jays, but I don't. I don't really think that they will. Uh, I don't really want to see the Guardians in the World Series just because. And we have had, uh, well, previously Indians, now Guardians. They were in the uh, World Series in '16 and lost to the Cubs. Uh, I. I guess Houston was in the series in 18 or 19, one of those. Uh, I think it was 18. I could be wrong. But I don't know. I like the Astros. I like Verlander a lot. It'd be cool to see the Yankees in there because they haven't been in the World Series in a while. And it'd be cool to see the Mariners just because uh, it's the Mariners. And I'll mention about the Mariners in a little bit later. But these are your standings for playoffs. Um, I'm thinking tomorrow I'll have a sketch of uh, who I think will make it out of each division. Um, I'm not going to do like game projections, like game by game, but I'll do a little, a little sketch probably, a projection, um, either today or, I mean, either tomorrow or Thursday. But yeah, I think I think that I I really like this playoffs. Uh, even though the Brewers didn't make it, I really am happy with these playoffs because there's a lot of different teams in there. Uh, moving on, uh, Pujols passes the Bambino on RBIs as he hits his 703rd home run. Um, my brother calls it uh, the Cardinals' magic. Uh, I just call it um, uh, great hitters know when and how to hit. <laughs> the My brother actually refers to it as the Cardinals devil magic, but uh, I don't know if I told you guys this, but when Pujols was at like 692 for home runs, I and it was the start of September, uh, like early August, before I left for college, me and my brother talked about it. And I said that I bet that Pujols will get uh, 700 plus, and he said it'd be tough. And as as the, as it kept going on, as I did my podcast, I started to realize that he was getting really close, and uh, he actually was able to do two incredible milestones in his last season, um, hitting over 700 and passing the Bambino on RBIs for career. He's now in second. Uh, all time. Uh, so it's just really cool. Uh, and I'm so happy that I was able to witness this amazing career of Pujols. Um, man, I'll never forget when he was with the Cardinals in those early 2010s and he would just kill the Brewers. And then he went to the Angels and he kind of became a little irrelevant, but, but, and then he came back to the NL, and, man, it's been a fun ride to watch. 
And now moving on to my question. Uh, does La Russa's legacy get tainted for his tenure with the White Sox? I personally think that it does. Because he's had great teams and great players with these with these White Sox teams that he's had, and he's gotten nowhere with them. Uh, this question was on ESPN, and I want to answer it straight up that I think it does matter. That um, I think it does matter. I don't care about what he used to do. He decided to come back and coach and manage, manage, and it didn't work out. And he's had he's had unbelievable talents. He's had so many good players, and they just they just couldn't go anywhere. And it, it and that comes down to the management, really. It comes down to where you're placing the guys in the order, how you're using your pitchers, when you're using your pitchers. So. I think it does taint his career, and it's sad to see, but it 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 does taint his uh, his legacy, in my opinion. Uh, coming up, we have stat of the day. And now it's time for Shibs stat of the day, stat of the day. Shibs, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that Shibs, stat of the day. For today's stat of the day, uh, MLB playoffs droughts end for the Mariners of 20 years without a playoff appearance and the Phillies of 10 years uh, it ends the two longest active droughts in MLB and I think just MLB because I don't I think the Kings have the longest drought now of 2002 for playoffs and uh, now in the MLB the Tigers and Angels uh, share the longest active postseason drought of eight years so yeah that's your stat of the day for the day. And now time for the final rundown of the day. Uh, Islanders sign Barzil to an eight-year extension. Uh, I wasn't able to find out how much it's worth because it was some weird uh, hockey rule or something. So I wasn't able to find the official worth. Um, Aaron Rodgers did throw his 500th touchdown pa- pass this past Sunday. Uh, weird grammar there. I wrote that weird. Uh, also, Green Bay signs linebacker Eric Wilson off the Saints practice squad. Warriors sign Ty Jerome. Uh, the Texans release starting tight end Farrell Brown. And then on this day in sports history in 2018, Tom Brady threw his 500th touchdown, becoming the third quarterback to achieve that milestone. And going back to Rodgers, that he is the fifth quarterback to achieve that milestone. Uh, doing a little recap on the day, uh, we talked about the Rams-Niners game uh, and my picks. Uh, and then we talked about Kenny Pickett uh, being slotted as a starter. We talked if Mike McCarthy is the coach of the year as of right now. Uh, we had NL and AL playoffs. Uh 
the NL playoffs were not set until today. Uh, the AL playoffs were set, I think, a couple days ago, though. Uh, Pools does another incredible thing uh, for his career, passing the Bambino in RBIs for career. Uh, we, t- we had a question if La Russa's legacy is tainted with his tenure of the White Sox. And we had a play of the day, a stat of the day, and our rundown. All in all, uh, a fun episode. Uh, I mixed it in with some questions today. Uh, I also did a new style of order. So I did like two uh, two content-based uh, stuff and then one opinion, uh, one opinion for each uh, part. I wanted to try something different. I had a lot of fun giving my opinion and trying to analyze each of them. Um, but yeah, uh, kind of a different um, <clears throat> style of a podcast. And uh, with that being said, thank you for listening to the Sports with Ships podcast. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Dylan Shibbs Shabilski, signing off for the day. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to join me again tomorrow for more sports and different topics and reoccurring topics and everything in between. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'm out of here today, uh, officially signing off. Thank you.